Hi, this is filmmaker and author Michael Morin. Whenever I'm not riding my bike around the Davis campus, I'm listening to KDVS College Radio right here, FM. Cool. This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. We, uh, we have a, a momentous story that I want to get to right away and just basically, you know, deal with this issue. Uh, it's a huge story with impact, I think, all around the world. And, and, and no, I'm not referring to what's been happening in Gaza with the pullout. No, this is bigger than that. This comes to us from The Star online, East Central on the web. The story is that rapper Sean Combs, originally known as Puff Daddy, but changed his name to P. Diddy in 2001, now which is to be known as just Diddy. The explanation, Combs said, that when he called someone on the phone, even he was confused. It took me a long time to explain who I was. Too long. Quote, one word, five letters, period. Unquote. I'm sure this will be getting enormous play in the national and international media, but we wanted to talk about it right here on our public affairs lineup on KDVS because we think this is the kind of news that you need more of. We are very pleased to, to say that we um, fulfilled our expectation, which we mentioned on last week's program, of bringing to you, the KDVS listener, Steve Squires, the principal scientist for the Mars Exploration Rover Mission, which currently has two high tech rovers moving about on the Martian surface, making discoveries everywhere they go. Dr. Squires will be speaking to us in our second segment today, and we're very pleased to have him. We're also hoping to be joined a little bit later in today's program by KDVS's own Dr. Andy Jones to talk about a little, uh, a little bit of a, a mishap that I think that you, the public, needs to be aware of. This is in the field of internet service providers and certain computers, which I've discovered that to my sorrow uh, uh, make a bad combo. We'll be talking astronomy a little bit later in today's program. And on this date in history, it might be appropriate to note, August 18th in 1868, during an eclipse, French astronomer Pierre Janssen discovered helium in the sun's spectrum. It was discovered on the sun before it was discovered here on Earth. And on August 18th, 1920, the 19th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which guaranteed women the right to vote, was ratified by Tennessee, giving it the two-thirds majority of state ratifications it needed to make it the law of the land. An unforeseen consequence of this uh, event was that three months later in the November election, the handsome Warren G. Harding <laughs> managed to become President of the United States. Our 29th president is distinguished by having been one of the all-time worst men to occupy the Oval Office. Uh, many people credit the fact that, you know, the guy just looked good. He looked presidential as being a major factor in how he attained high office. 
all of me. Why not take all of me? I don't wish to blame that on women's suffrage. That indeed was a long time coming. It's hard to imagine that this country, founded in the late 1700s, didn't let women vote until 1920. When you think about that, you realize, you know, we really have come a long way in reinventing ourselves in this nation. Our quote of the day comes rather surprisingly from a 1993 edition of the Times of London. Craig Brown noted in the newspaper that with his womanly voice, stark white skin and Medusa hair, his gash of red lipstick, heavy eyeliner, almost non-existent nose and lopsided face, Michael Jackson was making a TV appearance in order to scotch rumors that he is not quite normal. And our quip of the day comes from Dennis Miller, who said that the radical right is so homophobic, they're blaming global warming on the AIDS quilt. And uh, we like to start out this program with the Good Week 4, Bad Week 4 section of The Week magazine, but sorry to say, they let us down this week. I just don't like their selections. But let's go to their Only in America file and note the following story, which I can't believe is true, but, but it's straight news. A California air quality agency is blaming cows for the San Joaquin Valley's terrible smog problem. The flatulence and burping of the valley's 2.5 million cows produce 50 million pounds of organic compounds annually, officials say, far more pollution than is produced by cars. Dairy farmers will now be required to install pollution control technology and may even have to alter the cows' diets to minimize their production of gas. We're talking about a public health crisis, said an attorney for a local advocacy group. It's not funny to joke about cow burps and farts when one in six children in Fresno is carrying an inhaler. I, I find this, frankly, hard to believe that developers in this great Central Valley of ours have no requirements on how many homes they can build and how many SUV-driving folks they can put out in the sprawling suburbs. They can do all this without penalty, whereas we're going to focus in on dairy farmers and make them change the diet of cattle. The San Francisco Chronicle was asking an editorial not uh, not two weeks ago, uh, where are the smog police? Noting that the San Joaquin Valley Air Pollution Control District has refused to set limits and refused to set deadlines uh, in, in dealing with the emissions that are currently ruining our local air. Of course, uh, we would note that it is the Air Board that issued a report not so long ago saying that it was the region's 2 million-plus cows, as reported in the Week magazine, that are the top source of ozone-producing gas eclipsing cars and trucks. Uh, let's just say... This correspondent is a little bit skeptical that we can blame our Central Valley air pollution on cattle. The, uh, the accompanying graphic uh, with the editorial shows that uh, the San Joaquin Valley, which of course starts right uh, south of us, the Sacramento County border, borders San Joaquin County, Stanislaus County, Merced County, Madera County, Fresno County, etc., down to Tulare, Kings, and Kern. 
The San Joaquin Valley rivals Los Angeles for the dubious distinction of the nation's dirtiest air. We're going to see if we can't uh, bring uh, doctors Held and Lehman back onto the program, who have some familiarity with uh, atmospheric science, to see if we can uh, probe the uh, the mystery of, of why our why our air seems to be so bad uh, due to cows versus SUVs. Cows, stay tuned. And in another story where uh, animals meet uh, meet human illness in China. The Chinese government uh, last week forbade newspapers from sending their own reporters to investigate a pig-borne bacterial infection that had killed 36 farmers in Sichuan province in the previous month. All coverage, authorities ruled, must come from the official state news agency, Xinhua, X-I-N-H-U-A, I guess it's pronounced, that agency has been reporting that the illness is spreading only from pigs to humans and has not morphed into a more serious human-to-human disease. But international health experts doubt China's official version. The information ban raised fears that China would once again fail to fully cooperate with international health officials, and it was Beijing's silence in the early stages of the 2003 SARS epidemic that allowed that disease to spread. And uh, in yet another headline uh, regarding animals and human disease, uh, well, actually one I've been fearing would pop up now has done so on Reuters, and I'm, I'm a little bit unsettled by this. We've been meaning to do a follow-up program on, uh, on mad cow disease, and we're going to probably do that in September or October. But the headline is as follows, Idaho probes outbreak of Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease. Idaho officials said on Friday, per Reuters, this is last Friday, that an initial test has indicated one case of naturally occurring Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease and that they're investigating five other suspected cases but said none are believed to be caused by eating infected animals. Now, you need to keep in mind that um, CJD is found at a rate of about one case per one million population annually. That's according to the U.S. Center for Disease Control. Yet Idaho has only 1.4 million people. So if we're talking about um, one confirmed case and five other suspected cases, you're talking about six times the number of uh, cases of CJD you would expect. This, of course, is a disease which was contracted in the UK by eating infected beef. It is also a disease that arises spontaneously in the human population. They're saying, of course, we should relax. This is of the spontaneous variety. Some folks are a little worried that this might not be the case. We will continue to follow this with you and, and hope that in Idaho these CJD cases are indeed of the spontaneous variety. Stay tuned for that. Science item from the UK. Researchers at Longborough University in the UK have built a robot-based computer model of the 3.2 million-year-old fossilized ancient hominid Lucy. Lucy was located uh, some years back in Ethiopia, was notable for being a, a very complete skeleton. And by using that skeleton and a computer model, they've been able to establish with, I suppose, some degree of certainty that, um, that Lucy walked upright. This dovetails rather nicely with uh, a set of footprints found in uh, Laetolite, Tanzania in the 1970s which were preserved in uh, solidified volcanic ash. Those prints are thought to belong to 
Australopithecus afarensis, the group to which Lucy also belonged. It's long been speculated, of course, in, in human evolution that it was walking upright that probably preceded the use of tools, the use of language, and the big brain, which uh, so distinguishes the human race, at least uh, in, in some cases. And in a somewhat lighter item, which uh, you may have heard uh, that I mentioned on um, Tuesday's edition of Public Affairs Broadcasting here on KDVS, the Stop Making Sense program, which I sat in for um, as Stephen Valentino is on vacation. This is worth mentioning again, I think. Uh, Dateline, Pyongyang, North Korea. It's noted that uh, the North Korean dictator Kim Jong-il, according to the North Korean web daily, Yuri Minjot Kiri, has trained himself to have a perfect memory. The dear leader supposedly can recite all the telephone numbers of his top officials, as well as all their computer passwords. (laughs) When visiting a cemetery, the website said, Kim Jong-il has only to glance at the names and the tombstones to recall personal details of the dead and of their survivors. Propaganda lauding Kim is a staple of the North Korean media. It was once reported that Kim shot 11 holes of one in his very first game of golf. Of course, to backtrack momentarily to talk about human disease and animals, uh, mosquitoes appear uh, to have brought West Nile virus uh, to California. Well, of course, there's not much doubt about it. They have. It's here. And uh, they've been spraying all over the place to try and control the insect vector of the disease. We uh, will uh, have a future program and talk a little bit about uh, West Nile virus. I do think that, um, you know, of course, the news media is very good at alerting the public about this matter, but they seem to do so in a somewhat inflammatory way, as, uh, you know, regrettably is um, too often the case. When we do that show on West Nile, we'll probably try and work in a little bit of uh, discussion about uh, the upcoming flu pandemic, which uh, international health officials have been fearing for some time. Everyone seems to agree that it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Recent edition of American Medical News uh, talks about that, and I think uh, we should too. We'll try and get a local expert uh, when we do that. To uh, fast forward back into matters of archaeology, a researcher has now uh, said that uh, it seems clear to him, this is David Stedman, researcher at the University of Florida, using some radiocarbon to date fossils from um, the islands of Cuba and Hispaniola. Hispaniola, of course, is... uh, is the island which is split by Haiti and the Dominican Republic. They note that uh, humans didn't set foot on those islands until 6,000 years after their arrival on the American continent, and that uh, not coincidentally, the West Indian ground sloth and other large mammals disappeared, coincidentally with the arrival of humans. Uh, Dr. Stedmans thinks this is a pretty good indication that it was weapon-wielding humans, not warming temperatures, that killed off the sloth and other giant mammals that roamed North America during the last Ice Age. We've talked about this a bit on this program before. We have always believed that this was due. This great mammal kill-off was due to the arrival of the Native American population uh, on the North American continent. But um, a lot of folks would like to just pin it on the climate. Well, we don't think so, and we think that uh, David Stedman here is on the right track. 
Now we're talking about the Chinese suppressing news. I find it rather interesting that uh, it is the China View from www.chinaview.cn that produced the following story. A secret U.S. military intelligence group knew about four September 11th hijackers who were operating in the country over a year before the attack happened, according to a U.S. lawmaker. Now, of course, the claims by Republican Kurt Weldon, uh, who himself was then a member of the group codenamed Able Danger, asserted that in 1999 he and his teammates produced a document containing information of activities of an al-Qaeda cell led by Egyptian Mohammed Atta later the chief hijacker in the September 11th terrorist attacks. The government is, uh, you know, trying to sort of put the kibosh on this and, and say we don't need to reopen this, but, um, you know, we will follow the story, as I think other public affairs hosts will here on KDVS and elsewhere. But it is kind of curious that uh, <laughs> when it's a story that's embarrassing to the United States, the Chinese are, are right on top of it. Uh, you know, it, this is pretty universal. Anything that's embarrassing to one given nation is... Um, uh, probably not going to be played up as well in that nation's press, which is why you need to go international, folks. And something that got a little bit of play on uh, in July, uh, we we been me- meaning to mention for some time, which kind of struck us as, as interesting, was that uh, on American soil, Indian Prime Minister Manmohan Singh said that the 2003 U.S. invasion of Iraq was a mistake answering questions after his address at the National Press Club here. Singh said, It was our sincere view that it, the invasion of Iraq, was a mistake, but it is now a thing of the past, and we must look to the future. And uh, speaking of looking to the future, let us close with our only uh, political item, I think, of segment number one today. The ongoing story of Cindy Sheehan uh, continues to capture the American public's uh, uh, imagination. Cindy Sheehan is the mother of a slain soldier, Casey Sheehan, and is, a le- and is a leader of the Gold Star Families for Peace. President Bush is continuing to, um, to not uh, deal with Ms. Sheehan, who hails from Vacaville. This does seem to be gathering some momentum, and we look forward to speaking about uh, this on next week's program with Joe Meany, who has produced Bush's Brain. You can find that website, uh, bushesbrain.com. And uh, perhaps you've seen the DVD. We look forward to speaking with Joe about uh, about this and uh, how the Bush administration is trying to spin it and fight back. We're also going to see if we wouldn't be possible to get uh, Cindy Sheehan on on this program to speak to you directly. We hope we can accomplish that uh, in the next few weeks. Let us uh, take a short break. We look forward to bringing to you in our second segment today, Steve Squires, Cornell University astronomer and the man in charge of the uh, Mars Exploration Rover mission, which currently has two robots trekking about on the surface of the red planet. Stay tuned for that. This is Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett, and you're listening to KDVS, 90.3 FM, Davis, Sacramento. (laughs) 